Local knowledge is presented by Avis. A great drive on the golf course sounds something like this. While a great drive on the road sounds something like this. And even though the two may sound completely different, both give us that same wonderful feeling. And here at Avis, we understand both. So book your next car rental with us. Because whether you're on the road or on the tee, we at Avis know that nothing beats a great drive. Avis, the official rental car of the PGA Tour. If this gets stuck in the mud, which I call it getting stuck in the mud, if this is stuck right here, what's going to happen is you're going to get here and go over the top of the mud, like that. When COVID-19 shut the world down in March 2020, people's options for activity were suddenly limited. You couldn't go out to dinner, couldn't go to a sporting event, couldn't travel or visit friends or family. You couldn't go out to a bar or even a gym. If you wanted to do anything, people were told, you should do it outside and stay six feet apart. In other words, for many people who hadn't done so before, it was a really good time to start thinking about playing golf. 6.2 million new players joined the game in 2020, according to the National Golf Foundation. They determine new players as both beginners playing their first round and lapsed golfers who've come back to golf for the first time in years. And it turns out a lot of these new golfers were women. The NGF found the number of women golfers increased by 8% from 2019 to 2020 with women making up nearly 25% of the total golfing population. The 6 million female golfers in the U.S. in 2020 was the highest that number has been in five years. Abby Liebenthal is founder of For the Ladies, a nonprofit that runs women's golf clinics across the country. Before the pandemic, she said it took weeks, sometimes even months, for clinics to sell out. But that changed in 2020. Once I started hosting events like late spring and outside. We were selling out of clinics so quickly. In Philadelphia, we had 45 spots for one of our clinics and we added a second one the following week because we sold out so quickly. And I was just shocked. I was like, Philly loves golf, I guess. But um, it was really cool to see the the interest and, and it was it was such a mix of people. This uptick in interest makes this a crucial moment for golf. I'm Keely Levins and this is Local Knowledge, where we take a deep dive into the most compelling stories in golf. Today, we're talking about the opportunity and challenge golf faces with new women golfers. Why did these women join now? And what barriers have kept them from joining before? What barriers still exist for women reluctant to enter the fray? And how are we going to get this record number of new female golfers to keep coming back? I had just about every advantage you could have when getting into golf. My mom played on tour, so I had an expert teaching me everything from etiquette to swing playing. I grew up a quarter mile from a great golf course and it had a vibrant junior program. Like I said, lots of advantages. And because of that, the thought of how exactly people, and women specifically, get into golf is really intriguing to me. The avenues for junior female golfers are pretty obvious. LPGA girls golf clinics have gotten thousands of girls into golf. Lots of courses have co-ed junior clinics and the first tee is also co-ed. 
So if you're a parent of a girl who's talking about golf, chances are you can figure out a way to get her into the sport relatively easily. If you're an adult woman, however, it's not as simple as signing up for summer camp. So for all of these women who joined golf in 2020, how'd they get into it? During the shutdown, Sean Ketchen saw a lot of women start to play golf at the course he's the pro at outside of Philadelphia, Walnut Lane. In most cases, it was a significant other who got them into it. Weekend afternoons now, it's like couples golf. Every group has one or two females in it. It's great to see. Um, you know, last year it was golf was the only thing that people could do. So the guys were, a lot of guys were leaving to go play golf, leaving the girl at home. And then eventually she got tired of that and was like, no, you're taking me with you, um, which was great. And now you see a whole bunch of, of real, you know, I, I see a bunch of couples that are playing two or three times a week now together um, and very much enjoying themselves. Having a significant other introduce you to golf is a great way to start playing because you have a personal guide to all things golf related. That's what I heard from other teaching pros, that many women who joined golf during the pandemic had been curious about the game for a while, thanks to a relationship or a friend, but they didn't try it out until the pandemic left people with more time. But what if you don't have the advantage of your own tour guide? There are still plenty of barriers in the way of getting women into golf, enough that it can be too overwhelming to navigate on your own. Kiki Gruder was a new golfer five years ago. Even though she started ahead of the latest boom, she knows what it's like to pick up the game as an outsider. Kiki and her friends got into golf by chance while on vacation in Cape Cod. One of the friend's parents was a member at a club and they went to hit balls at the range. They liked it. The next day, they played nine holes and they were hooked. Back home in New York City, they were Googling public courses, taking their clubs on trains and subways, just trying to play wherever they could. It's not the easiest thing to know to know where to go play. And then even if you even if you do find a course, you know, has that been vetted? Like, are you gonna go there and feel uncomfortable? Is the staff gonna be friendly to you? Are you gonna feel over or underdressed for what you're doing? You know, there's a lot that goes into choosing. Um, which public course to to try out. So yeah, it was um, definitely a, a process, a learning, learning curve. Kiki thinks that if she hadn't had the support of her friends, she wouldn't have stuck with it. The fact that that four of us started playing together, right? Like, you know, that's not coincidental that we, you know, were that much more comfortable and happy doing it, that we had sort of like our own group to to constantly go out with and play with and be terrible with together, right? And, and ha have all the like stupid, ridiculous questions that were unanswered that we kind of like all figured out together. I think it's really hard to just try it on your own. I think it's impossible, actually. The more I talked to people for this episode, the more I realized Kiki's assessment is right. If you're a woman trying to figure out how to get into golf on your own, it's basically impossible. And let's start with the most basic barrier. What are you going to wear? Rebecca Camano is a first tee coach and LPGA certified teacher at Walnut Lane. She said she taught a women's beginner clinic where the clothing issue was at the forefront. The first question they asked was, what can everyone wear? And we said, you know, wear, wear athletic attire, you know, wear something that you're comfortable in. You're trying a new sport. Why be uncomfortable in what you're wearing? In her experiences at public courses, 
Kiki and her friends quickly realize the dress code is not as strict as they originally thought. Being able to go to places that are, you know, very, very casual, like most public courses, you really can wear basically whatever you want. Like you can wear leggings are totally fine. You do not have to have a collar. You can wear a hoodie. You can wear, you know, reg regular shoes, but all the clothing, you know, items that you need individually too, like it's so expensive. And so people are like stressed about having to like come and then also spend like over a hundred dollars on a new outfit. And they're like, well, what if I don't like it? What if this is the only time I wear it? Like, it seems there's just too much, too much risk, I think with like buying something that you haven't for something that you haven't, um, haven't committed to or vented out yet. Um, so I, I totally get it. And I mean, we were the same exact way. And you also, you know, it's part of doing, you know, you want to look like you know what you're doing. You want to fit in. You want to feel comfortable and feel like you're wearing, you know, the appropriate thing. So, it, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense. To be honest, the dress code issue even trips me up sometimes. And I'm hardly an outsider. I've played golf my whole life. I competed through college. I've been writing for Golf Digest for eight years. And even I will get an invite to play somewhere new and have that little bit of insecurity pop in while I'm getting ready. Wait, is this skirt long enough? Do I have to wear a collar? Is sleeveless okay? If I feel that tinge of insecurity, I can't imagine what it feels like when you've never played golf before. I can see why intimidation wins and women don't feel comfortable joining the game. The wardrobe issue isn't something men deal with. Do you know of any guy who doesn't own a collared shirt? It's a standard piece of clothing in most men's closets. A guy gets invited to play golf, he's already set in the wardrobe department. But a woman gets invited to play golf, the situation is immediately more complicated. When female friends of mine ask me to teach them how to play golf, I of course say yes, and then tell them that we're gonna go to the range. The first question they always ask what should I wear? I don't have golf clothes. And when I respond with whatever you'd wear if we were going to go for a hike or a jog, they don't believe me. They thought they needed the skirt and the collared shirt to be a golfer. They're hung up on this idea of golf clothes. Mercifully, the days of khakis and a cotton collared shirt are over, and people need to know that. I use the example of Lydia Ko a lot. Before she picked up her current clothing sponsor, she was wearing Lululemon on the golf course. Just the normal pieces a lot of women have in their closets already. Clothes don't have to be specifically for golf to be golf clothes, especially when you're talking about going to a public range or a public course. And this is not to say that every course you go to will allow you to wear leggings and a collarless top. And we're not saying every course needs to get rid of their dress code. We're just saying that there need to be places in golf where women and men can go without worrying about what they're wearing. These more casual entry points are important because without them, there's nowhere for the new golfer to comfortably and easily go. For that, the onus is on public courses to be clear about their dress code requirements or lack thereof. If you're a casual course, you've gotta let people know and create an environment where people can genuinely feel comfortable wearing whatever. We wanna be accessible and welcoming to everybody and, and that includes you know, being okay if someone shows up in jeans and being okay if they show up in, you know, leggings. Do you like easy money? Thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season, if either team scores in the NFL season opener, you win. A game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II. 
this is a sure bet. Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and if any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks, you win. The best bet is one you can't lose. MyBookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 Super Contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to mybookie.ag today and use our promo code GOLFDIGEST and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, the promo code is GOLFDIGEST to receive double your first deposit and get started with MyBookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Okay, so there's the issue of what to wear, but that's only one piece of equipment. You also need clubs. There's a perception that to play golf, you need a full set of clubs and that that set is going to cost a ton of money, which obviously it could. But there are ways around it that new golfers don't know about. You can share clubs with someone in your group. Sean's course sells used equipment to new golfers. It doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money. I think a lot of people think it's going to cost a ton of money to get into golf. You don't need to go out and buy $3,000 worth of golf clubs in order to go play golf. Um, we set people up routinely with a full bag of clubs, including a bag between like 50 and 100 bucks. So I think a lot of people are surprised um, at, at that. Another barrier women face when getting into golf is finding an instructor that they connect with. While doing interviews, I heard over and over again how important it is for women to find a female instructor. Each four ladies clinic is only two hours. It's it's truly just to dip your toe in the, into the game and see what the fundamentals are, see what people are wearing, see what other people around you look like. And you're like, oh, like they look like me or we, we had a connection. It's not just a bunch of, you know, men wandering around a golf course. It was it's opening people's eyes to seeing women at, at the course and maybe finding somebody to play with. Abby has a mix of male and female teachers at the events. When I talk to women at the clinics, and then if I also have a female instructor, it's so funny because a lot of the women will comment on that who are participating in the clinic. They'll say, hey, it was so nice to have female instructors because I could ask like, how does certain body parts like affect my golf swing? And of course a man can, a male can speak to that. Um, but sometimes you just feel more comfortable speaking to a woman about it and that's okay. Not only do some women find it less intimidating to learn from a female instructor, many also want to learn how to play alongside other females. Abby has seen the benefits of creating a space where women can learn alongside other women. It reduces pressure. I have just found that when I create an all-female clinic, that, that there's a reason people continue to sign up, right? So if, if people stop signing up because they wanted to do it with both men and women, then I would take a look at that and say, hey, okay, maybe I should be opening up for the ladies clinics to everyone. Um, but I have, I've just found that when women have each other to lean on or just feel comfortable and not embarrassed if they hit like a bad shot, um, that they have a good time. And I think 
that's okay. Like, I think you can learn the sport however you want. You could learn it alongside a significant other or a friend who's of the other gender. Or if you want to learn it alongside a bunch of girlfriends, that's great too. I have just personally found that my, these all women events and clinics, um, have just led to a positive experience. So, so why would I change that? Um, I think there's like a sense of sense of camaraderie and I think it's just different. The more I talked to people, there was something that I found equal parts discouraging and hopeful. Women were nervous to get into golf because they assumed there were all of these rules they had to follow to be able to play. But once they got introduced to golf, they found a lot of those rules didn't actually apply to them. My friends or women I meet who have just picked up golf and they hadn't before was they didn't they didn't know where to start and there was so much to get started. So they assume there was there's a lot of assumptions. They assumed I needed a full set of clubs before I could start playing. I needed the outfit. I needed an instructor Um, because that's like what you see on TV. Um, That's what you see in movies. If you know golf, you know these assumptions are unfounded or that there are ways around all of them. But if you're on the outside looking in, the assumptions are paralyzing. No wonder women can be hesitant to play golf. What Abby brings up is a crucial point. Where are these assumptions coming from? What are the versions of golf people see? Kiki and Abby both point to social media. Take Kiki, for example. When she and her friends started Gruder Golf, it was to help break down golf's intimidating facade. Their group hosts monthly women's clinics at Five Iron Golf, which is basically a bar slash golf simulator. And they host four golf outings at public courses. They started Gruder Golf because they loved their casual version of golf and knew that their friends would love it too. If only their friends knew that it existed. We just felt that it was like the best kept secret of like how fun it was. And we had never, we knew that our friends didn't know how fun it was because we we knew that if they knew that we all would have been playing for much longer. Right. So we were like on this mission to prove that, you know, this like, you know, sort of magic that we had found was, um, you know, going to be really enjoyed by a lot of people that we knew in our lives. And we were just so curious why something didn't exist for, you know, women in there at the time we were 25. So women in their, you know, mid twenties, like kind of like that mid twenties to mid thirties age range where it's a little bit difficult to, I think, get into the game unless you are handheld and brought into it by somebody. And so like we were sort of doing the hand holding and, and bringing our friends in. Their hunch was right. Once people got exposed to golf in a pressure-free environment, along with a bunch of other women who hadn't played golf before, they realized they liked golf and they thought their friends would like it too. I think when you are, if you haven't been exposed to golf, like growing up to your point, like if either your family doesn't play or you're not, you know, around golf in any, you know, very significant way, um, you need like a very warm invitation. You need like a, a per, almost like a personal invitation. And like, that's kind of organically how our, our group really grew. I mean, 
we would have to like text everybody and be like, no, this is why it's going to be really fun. This is what you're going to wear. This is what you're going to bring. This is where you're going to go. Like, there's just so many questions and so much, I think, stress surrounding it for some reason, like the event of, of going and trying it out. That if you have, um, you know, somebody organizing all that for you, it's a lot easier to say yes to. With a Gruder golf event, you don't have to do the research because someone's already figured out where you're going to play. You don't have to worry about being the worst one there because there's a lot of other beginners there too. And you can wear whatever you want. Things like not having a golf skirt might not sound like a big deal to someone who plays golf, but it is. Finding where to play doesn't sound tough to someone already plugged into the golf community, but all these little things, they add up. If we can take them away, you get more participation. Everybody brings a friend to the next one, and, and that's kind of what happened. Everybody, you know, it sort of doubled in size each each month. Um, to the and the, you know, and then all of a sudden we're like looking around, and there's a hundred girls at our events, and we're like, we don't know any of these people. You know, this is this is great. Like, so that's kind of how how it happened. I think um, I think you really do need to be um, you know brought in in a way, and I think that you know sort of broad strokes advertising from men in like these higher level companies just like it wasn't resonating with a lot of younger women right that which isn't really that surprising when you think about it I mean it's like you know somebody who is your age and your gender is going to say things to you in a way that you are so much more likely to listen to and relate to um, and so I think there weren't very many women you know, coming up with the strategies to get women in the game. And so it wasn't working. The visuals are important. Kiki and her co-founders post photos of their events, as do the people participating in the events. The effect is that women thinking about getting into golf, who are poking around on social media for more information about it, they can get a glimpse of what casual, non-competitive golf can look like as you pick up like any hobby, right? Like any sort of new like thing that you get into, like gardening or whatever it is that you feel like interested, inspired by, you kind of look to social media for inspiration and ideas and direction about, about what to do. And the only thing on social media really at the time was, you know, hyper-competitive LPGA tour players and, and content surrounding that, which is, super inspirational and amazing, but also like not quite attainable, right? Like you just kind of look to that and you're like, I don't see any part of myself in that. And then also, you know, super fit, gorgeous Instagram models who are holding golf clubs. And you're like, well, I don't really see myself in that either. You know, so like, where is this kind of like middle ground of, you know, women who want to play maybe a little bit more casually um, and, you know, a little bit more fun without being super appealing to men in, in kind of a way. And like, you know, no offense to, to those girls who do that, but you know, we just kind of, we felt that there's this giant gap in between those two things and that there was definitely a need um, for something to, to exist in the middle. Within that gap exists golf where dress codes don't matter. 14 clubs aren't required and drinks are available. It's just, you know, eliminating all of these dress code restrictions and like at our events too, um, 
you know, we, we just kind of like wear whatever. There's a lot of t-shirts, there's a lot of jeans, there's a lot of costumes in some cases, but, and, you know, being able to promote all of that right through social media is really powerful because that is genuinely, you know, where people are looking and they're looking at what other people are wearing at the events. And that factors into whether or not they're going to consider coming to an event and therefore consider trying golf. This is part of the answer, I think, to how we get more women into golf, making sure the perception of golf is accurate. Competitive golf that involves keeping score and adherence to the rules is certainly one very important version of golf. But a group of women drinking wine and hitting balls at a range for an hour in jean shorts and t-shirts, that's also golf. If you don't see that second type of golf on social media, how are you going to know it's even an option? Rebecca leans on social media too. She wants people thinking about coming to Walnut Lane to know that they can come as they are. As long as we make the you know, announcement and use our social media platforms to make sure that they know that everyone's welcome here, that's kind of the messaging that we have that goes out and that goes across the board to any one of these you know, individual groups that kind of gets together. Do you like easy money? Thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season, if either team scores in the NFL season opener, you win. A game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II. This is a sure bet. Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and if any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks, you win. The best bet is one that you can't lose. MyBookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 Super Contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to MyBookie.ag today and use our promo code, GOLFDIGEST, and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code GOLFDIGEST to receive double your first deposit and get started with MyBookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. The last question I wanted answered is probably the toughest. With so many women joining golf these days, how do we make sure they actually stick with it? It's one thing to pick up golf when the world is shut down and you don't really have many other options to occupy your time. But what happens when the world gets closer to normal? How do we make sure women still choose golf? Abby saw a perfect example of how to keep women engaged after she held a For the Ladies clinic at Walnut Lane. She was looking to do a, a clinic um, in the Philadelphia area, so we just put something together for a Sunday afternoon and our facility is pretty small so we had to cap it at 45 people and with like like you mentioned within two days there was like 30 people on the wait list so um two weeks later we added another one which also sold out so we had two different 45 person clinics um which then turned into like a four uh clinic series kind of going over the game um really my goal with a lot of these is just to make people comfortable at the golf course try to knock down the perceived barriers and, you know, how to get people out there playing fast, how to get people out there having a good time without necessarily being super competitive. Your goal is just to have fun and learn about the game. 
Abby's clinics do a great job of that first crucial step of getting women to try golf. But Walnut Lane did exactly what you'd hope a course would do when they've suddenly been introduced to 90 new women golfers. They gave them a reason to come back. The team at Walnut Lane plans to do the women's clinic series again next summer, hoping to get more participation by getting it on people's calendars earlier in the year. Kiki saw the same value in making sure the next golf opportunity was already in place after someone was introduced to the game. That's why Gruder Golf started hosting their monthly clinics at Five Iron Golf. It was a way for women to stay in touch with the game in between the bigger events. So I think for people in a position of organizing things and hosting things, you know, the more consistent you can have things available for people to join, the more successful you're going to be at it because it's so hard. Golf is so hard and you have to really have um, an opportunity to keep going back. And so if you come to an event, have this amazing time, and then there's nothing planned for six months, you know, you might just kind of fizzle out. What Abby and Kiki are doing is a great model for how to reach women on their terms. Instead of women feeling like they have to conform to some sort of rigid guidelines to be a golfer, they can go to a For the Ladies clinic or a Gruder golf event and be themselves while swinging a golf club. So yeah, it's it's been interesting to kind of observe like why didn't you give it a shot before? And a lot of the time too, I just think it's like, well, nothing was really created for for me that piqued my interest. The answer to how are we going to keep women in the game? It's being creative by embracing and building forms of golf outside of the traditional 18 hole competitive model and making space for those forms of golf to exist within the golf community. The more of these types of groups and events and communities exist, the better off the, the women's side of the sport will be. Local Knowledge is produced by Greg Gottfried with editorial guidance from Sam Weinman. Our music is Blood by Anthem of Rain. You can subscribe to Local Knowledge wherever you get your podcasts, and we welcome a review as well. For expert picks, betting advice, and insights into the action on the PGA Tour, please also make sure to subscribe to our Be Right podcast.